Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the XXLA Architects podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Sato, and today I'm bringing you a set of mini stories that were taped live at the AWA 100th Building Our Legacy event at the Henry Built Showroom in LA's Art District. This event not only celebrated AWA Plus D's 100-year anniversary, but also focused on how we can preserve the legacies of women in architecture, especially our own legacies. As we know, too often women's work was unrecognized, erased, and forgotten, and we lose so much by not being able to access this information. We can't keep repeating this mistake. For example, Christina Morris from the National Trust for Historic Preservation gave a presentation on where women made history, an effort to bring more recognition and respect to women's achievements. One of the projects she highlighted was Azarest South, the home of Amaza Lee Meredith, significant as it was designed by a Black queer woman architect for her and her partner Dr. Edna Mead Colson. I didn't know about Amaza Lee Meredith, but I feel like we should all know more about her. This legacy event was coordinated with the International Archive of Women in Architecture, or IAWA, which holds the official archive for AWA at Virginia Tech. The main takeaway from the event was how important it is to document our work, and we should all consider submitting our work to the IAWA, not just when we're at the end of our careers, but even along the way. So on that note, we set up a recording booth with a few prompts, hoping to capture short stories and mini interviews from event attendees. And this recorded material is being released on this podcast, as well as being sent to the IAWA as part of AWA Plus D's legacy. Let's jump in and see what we got from the recording booth. I'm Virginia Tansman. I am an architect. I have been licensed since 1973, so that makes me 49 years an architect. I'm currently retired, but always in search of a project, ready to work on a project if it's uh, available to me. I've also taught and uh, did that for several years as well. Thanks, Virginia. Uh, my name is Sona Givorkin. I am the president of AWA Plus D this year. Um, my term is ending in October in about less than a month. Um, I'm an architect. I have an office called Sona Givorkin Architecture Office. I'm also an educator. I um, teach uh, first year architecture studio at Cal Poly Pomona. I've been practicing for about um, seven years on my own, but um, I graduated for my master's degree in 2010. So it's been 12 years since graduation. And uh, Virginia, you forgot to tell us that what your relationship is with AWA plus D. Well, yes. My relationship with AWA plus D is that I first joined in 1973, the same year I was licensed. And I've actually been president twice, once in the 1970s and once in the 1980s. And let's see, I've been in charge of, of the newsletter at one time, membership another time. I was secretary of the board. Uh, immediately when I came on, I got recruited onto the board and then, and then somehow 
magically turned into the secretary of the organization. Um, I have um, been very actively involved in fundraising and events that we have done. These days we have the symposium, but we've done all kinds of educational events over the years that I've been involved with. And then I have not been on the AWA plus D board for a while, but I have been on the AWA foundation board for about 20 years now and am a former president of that too. And so um, today's topic is legacy. And so you brought up uh, so many good uh, topics and conversations. And uh, maybe you can tell us more about your legacy, your own. You already spoke a little bit about AWA plus D. But Thank you. Both for AWA plus D and your own personal. Sure. Uh, first of all, I was asked to help put together today's event. Why was I invited? I was invited to do that because somebody said, well, we know that you have put your work into the IAWA, the archive on women in architecture. So you probably bring a lot of good experience to that. To which I said, no, I have not. And I'm embarrassed about it. And I'm so I'm so remiss in doing that. I've put my whole career behind me pretty much. And yet I have not put my stuff into the archive. And every day I worry about it. And my house is full of, of uh, bankers boxes, full of project records and all that kind of stuff that should go in. But I haven't been able to do that. And then we did put the program together for today, and we learned not only about the archive, but other projects too, even even this podcast that we're doing. And I received today the encouragement that I needed to get this thing going. And I've said that in public now, so I think I'm really committed. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you should. This is a public promise, so, so yeah. you definitely should. It's, <laughs> right. It's, I mean, At least I didn't promise to lose 40 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you've dedicated a lot of your life into service, and AWA plus D um, really appreciates it. Yeah. But also, are there any highlights that you would like to share with us about your career? Any Any special stories or anything that we can hear today? Well, yes. Um, I started. I started my practice in 1978, after nine years of working for other people here in the Los Angeles area, and I had a, a, a mentor, an unwitting mentor, but I patterned my office after the best place that I had worked. And little by little by little, I started it with absolutely nothing in hand, and one step in front of the next. I just built it up. So when I closed it almost 20 years later, I had 27 people in the firm. And I actually found a place for each and every one of them, except myself, really, perhaps. But um, uh, I closed the firm honorably and um, went on to work for another 19 years for other people. And that was an experience too. But what it did do for me by doing all that is... Little by little, I was able to get bigger and bigger projects. I was very fortunate to be able to have my firm registered as a woman-owned business. And there were so many 
of those in, in those days that were phony. And a guy would put his wife up on the paperwork as if she owned the firm and it wasn't true. And there were a whole lot of firms out there that were phony. And I knew that wasn't true in my case. And, and by golly, I did it. And I, for me, the, the measure of that was the, the kinds of projects that we got. And I had big assignments from big public agencies and even, you know, like Caltrans and the city of LA and the county of LA and the state of California and, and even institutions like uh, the gas company. And I did meaningful work for them. Stuff, it's, it's uh, mostly like infrastructure work, but meaningful work for them. And then I, I got to participate on some really large projects. And, and one example of that would be the um, new convention center in LA. And so my firm did a part of that, just just a part of it, but we participated in a big and important project. And so then, after I had closed my firm, I was able to work for firms where they were also, they had much bigger projects than that, and I was able to lead those projects in a way that I, I probably couldn't have. I just didn't have the, the um, financial strength to do that in my own firm, but I did when I worked for other people. So it that actually boosted my career. Wow, um, and I know that um, in, as architects, our projects are our children, so there's, they're all our favorites, but if you could think of one, is there one that's your favorite, that, that is at the convention center? Is, is there one that you're particularly proud of or that, that, that has an interesting story? No, uh, they all have interesting stories and they're all, interesting and each is unique from the others and and I couldn't pick one as my favorite except when when people say uh well the best one was the most recent one and in a way I, I guess I would I would uh, mention that one and that is my last big project I was working for others but I was the design project manager for the uh huge, really, train station in Anaheim across from the Anaheim Convention Center and and uh, Angel Stadium. It's known as Arctic. And it was innovative in many, many different ways, including materials and systems. It was big. It had uh, a, a large budget. A, a long schedule. We, it was 26 months of construction, and it was half again that much in design. I spent about three years on design for that. I had uh, 25 consultants on my team, and and so the reason that stands out for me is that um, my teammates were wonderful, and we pulled together this incredible team that came up with a gorgeous building that functions well and and we've got ourselves a big train station in Anaheim. Wow. I can see why you're restless and you're always looking for the next project. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, it's it's you know it's we, we were talking about legacy and we're talking about preserving women's um, women's uh, legacies and um, as far as you know ourselves go we are always a little shy to promote ourselves but maybe you can tell us uh, one or maybe more more um, things that you personally contributed to AWA plus D uh, 
um, while being a part of it. And then my, maybe one thing that you um, you benefited from is is it something that you can maybe speak of? Well, I think my contributions were just sort of slow and steady over the years. Where there was a need, I helped fill it. Uh, or I got together with others and we together we did that. And I, I think my whole experience with AWA plus D and even now the foundation has been just being part of the team and making, making things happen, being even part of the uh, goal setting and the planning that says, how are we going to get there? What are we going to do? How should we put that together? And then doing that together as a team. Mm-hmm. And, um, Offhand, I can't think of anything where I stuck out so much. But the benefit to me has been great, and I have to really say that in my origin story about AWA plus D, because as soon as I joined, it was a small group at the time, and as soon as I joined, I got tapped somehow to come onto the board. I don't even know how it happened. It was just sort of magical, like, oh, hey, she's got to come onto the board. So we did, and I went to my first board meeting, and and they said, could you be the secretary? And I was so innocent. You know, I was like 24 years old or something, and I said, like, oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And and I did, and my first thing to do was simply to go over the minutes that had been prepared by the previous secretary just to get approval for the minutes. My voice froze. I was I had stage fright. I was nervous about it, and I was not at a point of my career where I was making presentations to anybody. I hadn't developed any of that confidence, and I really kind of froze. And although it's not a moment that I can specifically remember, the the net effect of how that worked is that basically everybody said, or they didn't say it so much as perform it. This was a safe space. I could make a mistake if I needed to. They just needed the minutes. They just needed to go over the minutes to get them approved. It wasn't, it didn't have to be a big deal. And, um, the, the confidence that, that they inspired in me shook me out of that. And I got through that particular day. And from that point on, I was, afforded the opportunity to participate actively. At that time, they were all much older and more experienced than I was. I was the new kid on the block. Mm. I was really nervous about it. Boy, they just, they just put me at ease. And I realized, I mean, we are a sisterhood. And I realized that I was safe with this group of people. And I wasn't necessarily safe in the same way when I went to the office every day, it was harder for a woman mm-hmm. at that time. It, that was That's really remarkable. And I have been in that space ever since. So next year, it'll be 50 years. Wow. Wow is right. I, I love I love this this uh, word that you use, sisterhood, and I love I love hearing this story. I've heard this story before that you you shared before about you being shy on the first day being, being a secretary, and it's so relatable. It's it's very relatable. And so watching you now, um, like today when you were hosting this event, you're you're incredible, and it's just so was inspiring. it okay? It was it was amazing, and it's just so inspiring to watch you that that, that in here.
your your story about how you came from being this shy 24 year old <laughs> to such a confident uh, host and and the and the event that you threw today is is your legacy because I think you and Christina and and the team put an, an amazing event together and we all Thank came you. out from it learning that we should be better self promoters self promoters we should be promoting each other and we learn a lot of information on how to do that so this was this was truly amazing and, and thank, thank you. you for that is there anything else you would like to share i think that's i think that's the main thing i think that um i was quite aware in the early days that i was a member that that there was some feeling like there was not a need for women in who were architects to get together or that those days were quickly disappearing. And we all know that that's not true. Mm -hmm. And so all these many years later, we have at least as much reason to have our organization as we did in those days. And are there many more women participating? Yes. Mm -hmm. Does that mean everything's perfect? Not yet. <laughs> we got a long way to go still. Right. Right. I think, and yes. we touched on some of that today. For example, giving credit or taking credit, mm -hmm. and and the, those kinds of issues still apply. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, like uh, like how you promote uh, this idea of of making sure that you archive your own work, but you haven't done it yourself. So, <laughs> so now we know. Now we have. Uh, well, have I a, feel that was an that was an admission because. I was sort of saying, that's, that's too much for me to handle. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. And I don't really feel that way about very many things, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I was, it was just daunting to me and I'm feeling. Well, I haven't done it yet either. Now I have to make good. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, this was amazing. I will pass the microphone to Alicia. My name is Alicia Morales, and I am a business owner and founder of AM Design Studio, uh, the uh, main uh, architecture designer in the business. And I've been practicing my uh, career for seven years uh, after I graduated from SciArc in 2015. Um, also, just recently started as an adjunct uh, faculty at East Los Angeles College and an AWA plus D uh, sponsorship director. And I'll pass on the mic. My name is Beatriz Navarro. I am a in commercial interior designer. I have been working for 18 years, graduated in 2004 uh, from Woodbury University. And I am the secretary for AWA plus D and for 2022. 2022 and it will be the secretary again for 2022-2023. And, and Betty, you've been a member for a while. Can you tell us how long? You know, I was asked that question earlier and I want to say five years, but I'm not really sure. I don't remember because I, I don't think I attended that many events in the beginning. Okay. And Alicia, how long have you been a member? Three years. Amazing. I've been attending uh, several of the free events prior to, you know, being an AWA plus D member. All right. So since since we're all AWA plus D, I just wanted to hear maybe a little bit more from all of us uh, talking about our experience being on the board and what it's been like, what you've learned, what are some of the challenges. So maybe, Betty, do you want to start? Um, what I've learned, I mean, it. I, I really like the group. I feel like it's a mixture of not just 
different stages in your career, but different stages in your life as well. And so I think that's what attracts me to this organization. I feel like I've been a member from other organizations and they're, they're either just way too young for me or much older than me. So I've never really felt like I was in a good place or I fit in. Um, and um, I guess as secretary and being on the board, it just gives me more, I've just learned more about how the organization is run. So I think that's another reason why I like it. Great, thanks. Thanks, uh, Alicia. Well, for me, it's, uh, it's been a great experience, actually. Um, I think we were talking about it earlier, um, where for me, it's been like a, a good journey as a student first, I would attend different events uh, for AWA plus D. And then now as a business owner, just having to network with different architects and uh, different firms. So that also contributes to the growth of our own self. And it's been great to be part of, uh, you know, the like now the board members as a di the sponsorship director because it gets you more involved in the responsibility of being in the um, association. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and, and for me, I had, uh, I started uh, as a membership director and then um, I transitioned into uh, vice president and uh, president and next year I'll be a parliamentarian. And I, um, I think what I've learned uh being membership director was great uh, and I kind of got to um, have the same experience of um, understanding how the board works, just even how organizations like like a, a corporation um, or nonprofit works. So that was uh, a great uh, exposure to that type of a structure because I have an S corporation, but I am on my own. So it's kind of uh, a little bit different. I don't have meetings with my CFOs and and uh, my uh, you know membership directors every every month. But so it was it was very interesting to kind of um, be part of the the group and learn learn all of that and then. Transitioning into vice presidency, watching Meg Coffey be president was uh, was also um, very inspiring, and and I learned a lot from her. And then uh, during my presidency, I think we we all just we all the all three of us just came out of uh, talking with two past presidents, uh, Koji and uh, Barbara, and um, some of the topics that we were talking about is leadership and and just you know being a, a, a woman in this business and so something that was kind of um, a topic that we were discussing is this idea of how much leadership you can take and, and in what spaces as a woman you can't really be too assertive in certain areas you have you have to kind of um, limit yourself which is sad but I think for me this year AWA plus D has been wonderful to understand that like it's okay to it's okay to be assertive and um, the, the, the group has encouraged me I mean even like in 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 many cases welcomed um le leadership skills and and so i'm i'm really thankful for that and of course uh, i think something that we also talked about is um public speaking how it actually improves your your skills to be a better public speaker so uh so that was really wonderful to um to experience throughout this year and i of course i still have a lot of um room to grow but i'm thankful for the group for that um i think maybe then we can transition to our own careers and maybe talk a little bit about uh, what it's been um, to to 
you know, maybe to transition from being a student because for for me, it's been 12 years since I stopped being a student, but it still feels like it was yesterday. I feel still feel still I still feel like I'm new to the profession. But maybe maybe if we can think of some challenges and some like some things that you had to overcome, some interesting stories that you can tell about what it's like either to transition into uh, like a, a professional world, working in a bigger office, or maybe working for yourself. So, if um, any of you want to start. I'll go first then. My experience is a little bit more different. I've been working at the same small firm for 18 years, so I've only had one boss. And um, it's been great seeing her be a boss. I mean, I've learned a lot from her. Um, when I first started with her, technically, she wasn't a licensed architect. She had left a big firm, opened her own firm, and she was able to retain some of her past clients. That's how she was able to open her firm. And during the years I was with her, she became a licensed architect and then our projects types changed a bit. And so sometimes I feel like I struggle with that because technically I'm not an architect, but I'm in her world. So I, I am able to see the different types of projects and the different things that she's able to do as an architect. So I wouldn't say it's it's been challenging, but it's been a fun experience because I'm constantly learning even something that I wasn't technically practicing or like learned in school. Thanks, buddy. For me, it's been... Um, Yes, uh, there's been a lot of experiences. Uh, I started my business right after I graduated. So it was a risk-taking uh, experience um, of having to network with um, the city, like the team at the city, you know, different uh, departments and having to find my structural engineer, my um, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, and so on, and having that, you know, um, network and having to knock on the first client's door to meet with them and see how I was going to meet their needs. And from there, it's been, you know, still a learning experience because with each project, it's diff a different experience. But um, it's been uh, very um, challenging, but risk taking um, to grow in my business. Yeah, it's amazing to hear. And uh, I think uh, both of your stories are kind of uh, uh, interesting because you, Betty, got to almost experience the what it's like to be um, a business owner through your boss because you are kind of given uh, access to, the, to, to this world rather than just being an employee. You kind of see them grow. And Alicia, you're, you're that person who just kind of like <laughs> went and, 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 and did that. And, and it's amazing that you did that right after school. And so uh, for me, I think uh, it, it's interesting because also through AWA Plus D, I've had these opportunities to speak about like my, my own journey throughout the year at different uh, events. And I think, Alicia, it was with you on the panel where I, we, we were talking about this and we were asked the question about like, why did you go on your own or, or, or was it like that you ever thought about a partnership? And and I I like, it, through, through these events, you actually kind of, it's interesting that you get to speak about your journey and reflect. And sometimes while answering questions, you have epiphanies and you just realize certain things. And so for me, I at that time, I realized like that how, um, 
I've always, when I started, for me, it was like imposter syndrome. And so I thought, oh, can I do this on my own? I was like, oh, I need a partner. I need a partner. I just always like thought that, oh, I can't, like, I need someone else to like be on my side. And, 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 and so we can both like be a team. And ideally it would be maybe, maybe someone who is not a woman. So then, so then I would be taken more seriously. And then throughout years, I realized I can do this on my own and I don't really need someone to, um, to be, um, uh, a cheerleader for, for me, I can be my own cheerleader. And it's been interesting to go through that journey and understand that. And then, um, and then at, at some, some point you realize like, or I realized I, I, I kind of built something that is mine and I can take credits for it. So that's kind of fulfilling to, to come to that realization. So yeah, that was my journey. So any, anything else that you ladies can think of but it's great you know to look back and see your project you know come you know what you achieved on your own so yeah definitely it's it's great looking back all right well thanks thanks everyone uh this was great to be part of this thank you hi there i'm christina monti i'm a co-chair of the 100th committee for awad and i'm president-elect of awaf and i'm a past president of awad and i'm here with Hi, I'm Christy, and I have been in marketing and business development in the A&D realm for about six years now, and I help Christina with the communications for the 100th year, and it's been a one and a half years of pure fun. So we, we thought we would just comment on, on the centennial of AWA plus D since it's such a huge, um, huge moment in time, and there has been so much sort of thinking that's gone around uh, as part of it. So for my part, um, my co-chair, Anna Harris, approached me probably six years ago. And I remember her saying, hey, do you just want to meet for a few minutes and talk about the 100th? Thinking, oh, it's five years down the road. How big a deal could that be? And uh, it turned into a really big deal. So the, the sort of pre-planning for the 100th started in earnest two years ago. And uh, with a kind of core committee of a bunch of past presidents, I think there was five of us or still is five of us. And Christy was brought on board as kind of one of the first people I thought of. I can't even remember how I met Christy exactly. It might have been through AWAD. No, oh, it was no. through one of my old coworkers, yes. David Burns, who had worked for your husband. Yes. So thank goodness for David Burns. <laughs> he had connected us because we both worked in marketing and business development. And he thought that we might sort of hit it off, which we totally did. Because I think like minds think alike. Uh, but Christy was one of the first people that I thought to like bring on board. If there was going to be sort of an initiative and in my mind, communications is at the core of everything. Uh, I thought this is the person I need to have involved in this in this process. So let's see. We started meeting back in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I guess I, probably June. You, you approached me kind of like Anna approached you in twenty at the end of twenty twenty. You're like, hey, <laughs> can I chat? to you with you about something yes that's, that's gonna right. last two years <laughs> and, I, and i think that the the original thing was that it was just gonna be well let's have some conversations and just plan some things out and that then rolled into well, well gosh we have to have a lead up 
to the centennial year. So I think in earnest, we started pumping out kind of communications and just, uh, hey, don't, you know, everybody should be aware that such and such is coming by about June 2021. And so almost by the time the centennial year started in January, it was, gosh, this is old hat. Like we had already (laughs) been in a process and engaged with AWAD's regular communications team led by Chud Yusman. And it's been really, I think, an interesting ride. I'm just curious your your kind of perspective, Christy, on like this moment in time and what does it all mean and how are we, you know, are we documenting and talking about it enough? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't that familiar with AWA prior to the end of 2020 and then coming on and learning about the foundation and then really learning about the history of AWA plus D or AWA and all its different iterations. Uh, You know, I feel like we're doing, we've been doing a good job documenting, you know, AWA's history and women in design in general, just featuring them, getting the names out there, recognizing them for their work. But the fact that I hadn't heard about AWA is just so shocking. Um, You know, really coming to this event and thinking about an architecture school I didn't really learn about many female architects. Um, And just like Rochelle said, if you don't see it, you don't think you can be it. Um, And I I feel like, you know, AWA and our history should really be part of, you know, learning in school um, as one of the oldest, you know, surviving organizations for women in design. Absolutely. I often tell people, you know, they'll ask me about AWA plus D and I, my first response is usually it's the best organization you've never heard of. And it's a shame because I think, you know, not only for students learning about it, I think it should be something that kind of should be talked about more just in LA proper. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this old scrapbook that exists for AWA that was kept by actually one of the women that attended this event today, Barbara Elwood. She kind of was um, the curator and keeper of this famous scrapbook. And it was newspaper clippings from like the 50s through at least the 80s or 90s. And it was interesting how much coverage there was in the LA Times of just simple things like the Association for Women in Architecture is getting together for a meeting this Saturday and blah, blah, blah. But in addition, they would write about, you know, women that happen to be members. And I'm not sure sort of which came first, if the, you know, if the newspaper identified these designers that were women, or if because of the organization, they were more known, but certainly they went hand in hand. And it's like, I hope that we can somehow as part of this year, not just submit materials to the IAWA, you know, for kind of a historical look at what happened this year, but I hope we're able to engage something like the LA Times or another publication to really cover us because like you say, we we need to be heard. Yeah. And I I feel like we don't, maybe we don't document enough. Maybe we got to, you know, record everything we're doing, you know, like we did today and just make sure that is, you know, that's somewhere safe that someone can reference someday. Just like, you know, we reference all these old clippings and photos from, you know, when the organization was founded, you know, there's a lot there, but I'm sure there's, you know, 90% of it is just out there in the ether is just gone and is, no longer 
part of our history, um, unless, you know, it's captured, whether that's through oral history or I don't know, we got to just like what Audrey is doing, what we got to get all of these women's experiences or else they're just lost. Yep. Well, hopefully we can continue the good work. The centennial will come to a close, obviously, it's of December and of 2022, but we continue to have uh, events that we're still doing. So this we're at the Legacy event today. It's called Building Our Legacy, and that's in September. And then we are going to launch the catalog in around October. And then we have a big kind of celebratory party in December that'll sort of end the yeah. year for everybody. And in between that, we got... Uh, an exhibit of all of our competition winners, fantastic work from women of all walks of architecture and design. So that's true. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot going on this year. It's been a good one. Yeah. My name is Stephanie Chang. I am a designer, architect. I mean, technically not licensed yet, but you know, we're getting there. And I've been working since 2011. So, 11 years? 11 years. 11 years. And I am Danielle DeYoung. Um, I'm an architect, also not licensed yet, licensed soon. Um, I finished school in 2015, so for seven years, been working as an architect. Um, before that, I was an engineer, civil engineer, and... Um, that's it. Didn't you work like with water specifically? I, yeah, <laughs> I worked a lot on hydraulics and hydrology for river dam and highway projects in Virginia. Nice. Nice. You got to tell people about that, you know? <laughs> Stephanie and I worked together at actually my first architecture job in Los Angeles. So that's how we know each other. Yep. And, uh, we have collective trauma from that, but um, and we will not name it, but yeah. it's okay. Yep. Yes. So, um, I guess, tell us about a highlight of your career. Um, oh, man. There are so many, I think, high points and low points of working in a creative field. I think just architecture in general is just kind of like that the whole thing with staying in this field and basically like enduring all the craziness that comes with it has a lot to do with why people even do what they do. There are a lot of challenging moments um, across all kinds of projects, but I think for me, the highlight of any kind of work that I do is basically seeing the final project and experiencing it and living it and being like, yeah, I did that. That's always the best part. So, I, and I've worked on so many different kinds of, like so many different typologies, but that's just how I feel about every kind of work, every kind of project that I've ever done. What about you? You're super excited to experience it once all the work is complete. Yeah. yeah. And like being able to go to the space and experience it and like see other people's reaction mm -hmm. to basically your art, you know? I completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think in tied to that, one of the highlights I was thinking about for me that I didn't expect um, when I decided to make the change to become an architect was um, I've had the opportunity to work on some historic buildings um, at a cool. couple of jobs. One um, working actually 
with Bam uh, on the Union Station project, and then with Marble Red Diner at the Century Plaza Hotel project, and uh, experiencing a project that has been around for a long time, getting to know the ins and outs and, and strangeness or things that didn't go well over the years, <laughs> fixing those things and making it new again. Mm-hmm. Um, after somebody else previously worked so hard to make it perfect the first time and coming back and having the chance to make it better or bring it back to where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that that was a, an experience I didn't expect becoming an architect that I really enjoyed. That's cool. Yeah. I don't think I've really worked on too many historic projects. Um, maybe like barely touched a couple, but like, yeah, that must be, I, I always like love going to, uh, like you know historic buildings and stuff like that and getting those tours architectural tours that are just like look at how amazing this building is and look how rich this family was (laughs) and then like you know like all the money and time that people spend later in later years like keep it as amazing as it was when it was first built and and as enduring as it is yeah buildings aren't necessarily intended to last forever that's true Um, there is a timeline there so i don't know extending it or being a part of the end of it sometimes a cool part that you don't think of <laughs> that's true uh, starting new buildings as an that's architect true. that's true like you know blowing up something <laughs> disgusting to put in something cooler yeah i've never had to do that but that could probably be interesting too um okay uh what was a big challenge in your career and how did you overcome it i think one of the biggest challenges of my career ever is basically dealing with people and when i mean people it's never about like yeah like just people it's never about projects or work or whatever it is um the last job that i was at where i am currently self-employed i have my own business it's called stuff stuff design um the last firm that i was with the work was interesting my coworkers were great but management and the bosses and the way that projects were handled that were, you know, things that were out of my hands were awful, mm. awful. And um, I don't know if I necessarily overcame that because I like got so fed up that I got up one day and left and then literally never came back. That's one way of overcome. I mean, remove yourself <laughs> from the situation. And do something differently, which you have. That's true. That's true. I mean, in that way, yes, I like removed myself from the situation, which was seriously the worst. Um, but like, it was basically like I decided to start my own business because I was like, I don't ever want to work for a bad boss ever again and like be abused in the way that I was abused. And um, and it wasn't just that one situation. I think there were many situations where I worked through my career for people who just either had no sense of compassion for the people that worked for them or had completely forgotten what what it was like to be a baby junior designer and like not know anything and um also just not understanding that people are allowed to be confused and mm-hmm. need time to learn how to do things right um so yeah so i ran away from it <laughs> So I guess in a way, it's kind of overcoming it, yeah. but at the same time. Yeah. What about you? What was a big challenge in your career? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead here on the prompts. Okay, sure. Um, just thinking about the today's event and being a part of AWA plus D 
um, since I was first looking for jobs in Los Angeles and the people that I've met and then today's event with archiving and how it all ties together. Um, just speaking of the impact that that has had on me, meeting women architects and designers who have been doing this for so long and have been working to overcome similar challenges to Stephanie's um, for, for such a, a long amount of time, even having the opportunity to spend time talking to them about their experiences, understanding that um, I, I feel like things have changed a lot over the years and things are getting better. And the importance of not only my individual conversations with the people who've been doing this for a long time, but also capturing their stories in the, even this spoken format, their work in digital and, and paper archives um, so that the people just starting out have that to learn from and research and build upon. Um, I don't know. It, it all came together to me, came together for me today, seeing some of the oldest members of AWA plus D talking about archiving their work, pulling that together and making a donation to an archive um, so that future architects have it to learn from. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the important thing to touch on for me today. Yeah, for sure. Like, I did my thesis project in school on, it had something to do with, like, women in architecture and, like, what that was about. And in my research, there were basically, like, three people that um, were even written about or talked about. And it was, like, Julia Morgan, Zaha Hadid, and, oh, man, what's her name? She's an Asian artist. Oh, Maya Lin. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when I was doing that project, I was super depressed because I was just like, how is it possible that there are no other women? And also, why does it seem like women basically have to like give up a personal life in order to like do what they do in architecture? Mm -hmm. And had I known that Virginia Tech had an entire archive of stuff that I could have, you know, reached into. Um, man, that would have been really cool. It is so That would have cool. been so cool. Uh, the archive itself is amazing. Um, I can't wait to see what research comes out of it, but part of it is getting the word out that it even exists. Um, they do give usually at least one annual kind of prize for people to do research in, in the archive and write papers and present what they find from their research in the archive. Um, it's an incredible research or resource and yeah get the word out <laughs> yeah tell more people it exists the amazing yeah. drawings that are there date back i don't even know how far but some of the the pioneering women architects from all over the world their work is physically there to to learn from and examine and enjoy that's awesome i'm gonna have to make a trip out there to check it out do it it just like blows my mind that like i didn't literally didn't know about that until today at the event that's <laughs> Insane. We're glad you came. That's insane. Yay. Oh man, but just yeah, and like you know, going back to about how you know you said you found AWA plus D as a way of like looking for a job, and um, I I remember I learned about AWA plus D through you mm -hmm. because we were trying to figure out how to get licensed and yep. went to a licensure event, and now yeah, now now we're still here. Um, but yeah, it's a small world. 
Yeah. And um, I don't know. Yeah, the more we can band together and, and collectively um, archive and learn from each other, yeah, the better. For sure. We, we definitely need to get the word out that there are definitely so many more women architects out there and that we are also very cool and very important <laughs> and much better than some of our male peers. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Danielle. My name is Audrey Sato. I am an architect and educator. I've practiced architecture for 14 years and was a lecturer for five years. My name is Ann Zimmerman, and I've been a licensed architect since 1985. I graduated in 78 from the University of Michigan, and I practiced um, continuously since and had my own firm and and, and taught at Woodbury <laughs> University for um, a housing studio. Nice. Tell me about a highlight from your career. When I worked for Kaplan McLaughlin Diaz, known as KMD up in San Francisco, um, I think I was only three years out of school. I just moved to the Bay Area and I got to be basically the, I wasn't licensed, but I was basically the architect of, I think it was 33 luxury condos on the top seven stories of a high rise building. I re rearticulated the top of the building to fit the plans, and I even held a tour for the Associate, um, Organization of Women on Architects, OWA in the Bay Area. I remember one of the women on the tour was like, this is amazing that you've done this. This should like be in the newspaper, and I, you should be interviewed. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's why we're doing this now. <laughs> Very cool. Thanks, Anne. My name is Michelle Weissman. My official title is Project Design Engineer for SolarTube Commercial covering Southern California. Um, I've been in the design architectural world for about 20 years, kind of starting with a, an architect architecture firm in Flagstaff, Arizona. And from there, I uh, actually before there, I lived at an architectural community, Arcosani, in the middle of Arizona, kind of architecture and ecology meant to promote building the world up instead of out and uh, take advantage of our natural resources and kind of live a more natural life. Very cool. Um, so, Michelle, you were telling me a story earlier about your time at Arcosanti, and I thought it was an amazing story and that you should share it with us here. Thank you. Um, so I lived at Arcosani in about 2002, 2003 for a year. And what was really unique, especially back then, is – you didn't feel there was any difference between you as a woman and men around you or any other people around you. They treated everybody very equally. Women were fully capable of doing whatever men would do and, and in fact, encouraged to and taught to, which was a really unique experience, which has definitely changed my, my life for the better and made me um, probably more successful and more confident in any of the skills I have. Um, but I had a, a manager when I moved to the maintenance department, uh, Randall, and one day um, he handed me this giant hilty drill, the concrete drill that shakes and is very, very heavy. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, go install these solar lights down in those rocks over there. And I just looked at him like he was crazy because I had no idea what this thing was or how to use it. And it weighed a ton and wasn't even sure I could carry it. And he was just like, yeah, you can do it. What's the issue? And just... It, just treated me very equally and it 
it was just really inspiring and he was a really good person it was always very very um, willing to explain how to do things so he just gave me the drill a power cord maybe it was cordless I can't remember um, and then I drilled into a bunch of different rocks and put some uh, concrete anchors into them and then installed these solar pathway lights into them. And then it looked really cool actually. (laughs) So um, yeah, it was a really great place and learned a ton from him. So awesome. Thanks for sharing. So wait, what were you building? It was like solar pathway lights. It was a pathway that um, we were trying to light that was going down to the pool because they had just gotten some new solar panels and we needed to get down this rocky path to the pool, which was yeah, a few hundred feet away. Um, so basically we just took giant flat rocks that were along the path and then basically drilled anchors into them. And then we could screw normal pathway lights to them. And then I believe they were hardwired somewhere along the way. I can't remember that exactly. Um, but yeah, wow. it turned out really beautiful too. So that sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that story. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Well, my name is Cody Shuraka. I'm a licensed engineer, and I have been doing engineering for about 50 years since I graduated from school uh, in the 70s. Uh, I have done nothing but engineering. So my path in my career is very straight. Um, I didn't look right, and I didn't look left, I looked straight and I did engineering, structural engineering, that is. I mostly work with the architects and uh, I enjoy every moment of it, every moment of what I do. Well, Koji, thank you. I really want to ask you, um, what do you love the most about your career and why? I have a emotional connection to what I do. I, it started at high school with the love that I had for physics. And my physics teacher, frankly, was my first mentor. I wanted to go to college and be a physics major. And one time when I talked to him, he looked at me and he said, maybe you want to look into application of science rather than pure science and engineering is the one. So I started looking into that. And uh, the more I did, meaning studying and then practice, the more I find out that it is for me. What empowers me in engineering? Not very very many women are in the field of engineering. This is very encouraging for me, not discouraging. I like to be one of the few, (laughs) and it's very empowering to me. That's the highlight of my career. Wherever I go, whether it's the job site, in the office, in a meeting, um, my feeling is I belong here. And that is, again, what I like. Um, If some people say some things, or they are kind of surprised. That empowers me, doesn't discourage me, but encourage me. Mm. So that's what I love the most um, to be. um, And when I was at engineering school, 
if there was a class that had a reputation between the students, don't take it. I wanted to take that class. <laughs> so it's just the odd personality that I want to do what haven't been done before. Uh-huh. And um, that empowers me. You love uh, a challenge. I love the challenge. <laughs> um, and one time when a boss, well, I mean, our boss changed and was talking about every head of the department at the time I was working for a design-built construction company. And of course, the background of the boss was accounting, not engineering. So uh, he asked me, what are the problems? I said, no problems, only challenges and opportunities. <laughs> so that's how I look at it, only challenges and opportunities. Um, at times, I'm like a human, like all of us are. But that really empowers me. Um, it doesn't discourage me. Yeah. So. You're a fearless woman. Yeah. <laughs> One of the challenges that I remember was when the economy went really bad. Sure. And, of course, everybody got laid off and it was hard to find a job. Um, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought, this is for me. I have to really push to get a job in this field. Um, so, um, and then I did find finally a job on a construction site mm -hmm. at the border of New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And um, so I was going to the construction site, not really doing what my background was. Mostly I was helping and supervising and those kinds of things. Uh, but at that point, I was a bit down. But then the economy turned around and I talked to my boss. We had a home office downtown Philadelphia. And uh, when an opening opened up, um, because whatever I was doing, I did the best that I could. So he came to me and he said, guess what? Now we can transfer you downtown Philly. <laughs> so then again, you know, my career picked up in the field of, you know, design and calculations and whatever that I was trained to. Um, so that one I remember, it was a little bit, uh, well, a lot challenging actually, but I just kept pushing at it, you know, and staying in it. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's a great mentality yeah, yeah. for uh, us women to look yeah, up to. Yeah. So I thought, I'm not going to give up. And then one other time I remember when I was at grad school and um, we had this instructor who would do oral exam. So we had a written exam and then we would go and hand it to him. He would take eight students at the time and we would, you know, he would ask questions. So when I went and handed him my paper, he kind of looked at me and he said, well, what made you to come to engineering? So I said to myself, you're not going to discourage me, mister. <laughs> so I said, oh, I find it very easy and very interesting. <laughs> so he kind of looked at me and he said, do you know you have to be twice as good to be counted half as much? I said, I appreciate your concern. I will be 10 times as good. <laughs> After that, uh, <laughs> he was my biggest fan. He wrote all of my recommendations. That's amazing. <laughs> so those are the stories. Oh, thank you, Koji. That's awesome. I love how fierce you are. Thank you, Audrey. <laughs>
Thank you. My name is Magdalena Glenn Schinemann. I am an architect, practicing architect, but also an artist and do some um, logo design um, and landscape design. Uh, I've been practicing since 1995. I didn't know that about landscape and all the other stuff too. I actually, this was something which uh, uh, I discovered that uh, architecture is about design uh-huh. and, it, you know, whatever it takes me. So sometimes it's a uh, Japanese inspired uh, garden in the small spaces and I have several under my belt already. Wow. Uh, I love doing a logo design and sign design for mine, but not only projects. And some of them are just really super exciting, like uh, 30 foot tall graphics for uh, multifamily residential projects, Um, reinventing uh, the feel of a building, which is sad and abandoned and uh, the owners want to do something, but uh, they usually come and and say, oh, we got this proposal and it looks really, really drab and uninteresting. And we've heard from so-and-so that you are doing this or your building looks very exciting. Can Mm -hmm. you help us? And it's just, you know, a joy. It's what keeps us going, really. Oh, that's good. Um, so I was wondering if you could tell me, uh, about a highlight from your career. So, um, I had several highlights, so I will be brief and, uh, tell about about one. A few highlights (laughs) of your career. So, um, I was uh, asked by a contractor to help on the project Um, They had issues, it was very, very complicated, uh, technically project, and the person, the firm who was there, uh, not licensed architect, was not doing good job. And uh, I, because I had relationship with the contractor, I said, okay, great. And uh, I started working on the project. The clients were wonderful couple with three boys. And um, at some point, they asked me whether I would like to actually carry on the new project, carry on this project and take on new project. And um, I said, of course, yes. And then that week, I discovered I was pregnant with twins. (laughs) So I, you know, the honest gal I am, (laughs) I immediately asked the client, I said, listen, twins, um, age 35, me, is a high-risk pregnancy. And I, you know, I am a small firm. Uh, Do you still want me? And the first thing the client said was, congratulations, when do we start? It it really broke my heart because we all know that uh, pregnancy um, with twins... um, it's not the easiest, and the first uh, year or two, it's very intense. Um, yeah, <laughs> Audrey, you I can know, <laughs> only imagine. 
And uh, we had a wonderful professional relationship and I did everything I could to make sure this project was uh, tip top. And I think they probably kind of realized this too, that, you know, that the integrity of, for, of women uh, who know they also are raising family is usually extremely high because we do want to prove that we are doing everything we can for the project to be the best, regardless of caring for newborns. <laughs> Audrey, I'm sure you, you know this intimately. I'm like nodding, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, one of the uh, wonderful affirming uh, event which uh, which happened. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's amazing to hear because I kind of felt the same way. Like before, I had my daughter, I was mystified on how I was supposed to do both, and and the whole like practicality of like being pregnant mm -hmm. and then giving birth and needing to take time off when you have your own firm, how do you do that, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and you know, also realizing that you do have a right and people, most people will understand mm -hmm. that you are having a newborn. And I would say those who don't are not worth having as a client. Exactly. Like what actually really surprised me more the most when I, when I went through this recently was... Um, you know, I would tell clients, okay, well, um, yes, let's start this project or, hey, we're in the middle of this. My due date is this. I'm taking two, maybe three months off. Um, you know, I have a part-time employee who's wonderful, who's going to get emergencies and, you know, I'll be available via email. Um, and they were, everyone was so supportive, even architect friends who were like, hey, if you need me, just you know, just call. If you need me to go to a job site for you, that's fine. Like, the support is just incredible. But that's also part, I think, of our organization, sure. that uh, uh, our organization is singular that way, that yeah. uh, instead of being competitive, uh, we're supportive. And um, uh, I think that that we need to acknowledge, I want to acknowledge this uh, as well. Totally. And, and, uh, Audrey, I, I know that it's usually you who introduces and interviews <laughs> and, uh, but you know, my, my question, we, we work for the same firm. Oh my gosh. I wanted to bring this up too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Way, way back. And um, <laughs> you came um, after uh, me, but we never met. We met and uh, I spoke to uh, Harold and I probably shouldn't say that. But when I um, uh, saw him some couple years back, he said, you know, the highlights of my professional career is Audrey and you. That's what he <laughs> said. And I was like, I've got a, you know, that was actually before we met. And I said, like, I've got to meet this Audrey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's, uh, yeah. And uh, I am just so grateful uh, for what you're doing, oh. for you interviewing, for finding a time, for embracing, uh, you know, your professional career, your friends, uh, encouraging young people, starting this podcast, having a child, proving <laughs> that it's possible to have it. Uh, well, so, you know, it's not twins, but... <laughs> well, one is plenty. I know. <laughs> I just, you're like superhuman at this point. 
I do have three children, I know, you so have it's possible. Three. Yeah, it's <laughs> no, I'm gonna stop at the one. <laughs> but <laughs> well, surprises happen. Let's just say, <laughs> right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I have to say that you know I heard the same about you from Harold, from other people in the office who had been there. I, I kept hearing about Magdalena who is Polish and has training and is so good, so good, and just the best designer and unparalleled. And, you know, I heard a lot about you before I met you, so I was incredibly nervous when I met you. <laughs> and then I knew you had twins, too, at, at uh, but they were probably very, you know, very young at that point. And I was thinking, like, oh, my gosh, how did she do this? It's incredible. <sighs> Well, we are both having children and having our own practices, and we're both um, Harold alumni. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, um, I think that's wonderful, and uh, I know we're having a, a professional conversation, but we definitely should have more yes. private, yeah, fun sure. gatherings yeah. with children, husbands, and and. Cats or dogs. Yeah. Well, you know what? I While we're doing this, I do. I think it would be really nice to record um, what we both learned or like, mm. you know, from because we worked in the same office, but at different mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. So um, what, you know, what do you think you gained from that experience? That is a very good question, because I actually thought about this uh, many times. Because um, that office is singular, even though uh, it's not a world-renowned um, firm, but it is really a uh, firm which always did a quality work, where the attention to details was always present. It was also a firm where you didn't work after hours and on weekends, which allowed us to get licensed. It was also the firm where um, uh, you learn good practices, basic good practices of carrying with the project to the end. And this is a, a foundation which is um, not present in many offices. Um, and the other thing, which I also realized that Harold at that time had two daughters, mm. him and his wife, mm-hmm. professional. Mm-hmm. And I do think that, um, he really embraced the, uh, uh, women in, in profession, uh, concept and always wanted to help, mm-hmm. um, and felt that, you know, he was just, it wasn't, we were not, I was not earning big bags. <laughs> by any stretch of origination, but uh, it was a work which allowed me to get licensed. And um, uh, and I think that is present in many today's offices. What about you, Audrey? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what you said is, is the same experience I had. Um, for me, I think at the time I was so young, I didn't even know that I should be appreciating some of those things, like not working a lot, uh, not ever being, actually not ever being expected to work overtime, ever. Um, You know, the, 
and the opportunity I had to work on every aspect. Mm. Like he would just throw me, uh, you know, here's the structural package that came in. Go coordinate it. And I'd be like, what? (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. I was so young and, you know, I learned so much. I learned so much about how to put a project together from start to finish. Absolutely. Um, I don't think I could have transitioned to having my own business without Very that. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I learned so much. I would say that singularly, um, that office as well, and Harold enable me to um, be strong enough and have basis to open my firm uh, when I did. That uh, I didn't have to wait much longer. And I went after Harold. I worked for um, Stephen Ehrlich Architects at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked there a couple of years and had a great experience. But after leaving Harold, I knew I'm going to have my own practice. And the fact, Audrey, what you mentioned, working on all the different uh, aspects of the project from beginning to end gave me confidence that I can do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And that is rare. Yeah, totally. And like, I think, you know, I even got exposure to clients. I got exposure to contractors. Like some of the best people I work with now, I still, I worked with back <laughs> then, you know, and that that's, that's priceless. I didn't know at the time that, you know, all of that was as priceless as it was mm-hmm. because I was so young. I didn't know how bad it can be. <laughs> Very true. Absolutely. And actually, I think we work with the same structural engineers (laughs) (laughs) on some of our projects. So, Uh uh, and I hear, well, Audrey, this occasionally. So that that is also wonderful. And I want to also mention that, you know, there are so many competitiveness among certain architects. And this is not how this all works between us and within the AWA. And I appreciate that, Mm -hmm. that safe heaven, the fact that you can ask questions, that you can get some answers, you know, that is rare, that that we should we should recognize how important it is in nurturing, you know, younger people, next generation, you know, Open. Even even the fact that we're at this event now, right. legacy event, and talking about you know how to not m- how to make sure that women's contribution is not lost, right? And uh, how actually our um, women uh, maybe some self consciousness still um, prevents us from shouting to the top, I did it, it's my work. Right. Signing every small piece of sketch. <laughs> Thought about that. You know, that's a, uh, uh, but I'm not ready for doing signing every piece of sketch I do right. <laughs> with my own name, <laughs> nobody in stretch of imagination. <laughs> but, um, you know, it brought to attention the important aspects of making sure the next generation knows that uh, women are involved. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, that's a great place to end. I was thinking the same. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Magdalena. Bye. (laughs) 
And that's our show. I'm your host, Audrey Sato. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of mini stories celebrating AWA Plus D's 100-year legacy of supporting women in architecture and design. The women you've heard today are Virginia Tansman, Sona Gavorkian, Alicia Morales, Beatriz Navarro, Christina Monti, Christy Wang, Stephanie Cheng, Danielle DeYoung, Anne Zimmerman, Koji Shiraka, Michelle Weissman, and Magdalena Glenn Shineman. I'd like to thank AWA Plus D and the IAWA for organizing such a wonderful event. You can find out more about AWA Plus D and our sister organization, AWAF, at awaplusd.org. That's awaplusd.org. And you can find out more about the IAWA at spec.lib.vt.edu backslash IAWA, spec.lib.vt.edu backslash IAWA. You can find me online at xx-la.com or on social media at xxla podcast. Thanks for listening.